Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard, and I'm taking Ohio State over Penn State in their game October 21st. BetOnline has free odds and lines available online or on your mobile device. Visit BetOnline today. Welcome to the podcast Crime Salad, where we talk true crime. I'm your host, Ashley, and with me always is my husband and partner in crime, Ricky. The purpose of this podcast is to honor the victims through ethical storytelling in the hopes of preventing future tragedies. We want our stories to resonate and educate others in hopes that some of these similar cases with identifiable patterns can be prevented. Now, before we jump in, please let us warn you that this is a true crime podcast. The details of this episode may be triggering to some listeners. Listener discretion advised. So last week, we began to discuss the disappearance of Suzanne Morphew. And wow, was that an unbelievable episode. Before we dive into all of the new developments and what Suzanne's family was really thinking behind the scenes, let's review the facts of the case, because we know this one was a doozy. Ricky, are you ready for this one? I'm ready. All right, let's jump in. So on the morning of May 10th, 2020, Suzanne Morphew allegedly went on a bike ride and never returned. After realizing that Suzanne was missing, a neighbor called the police and the search began. Thousands of people searched for Suzanne in the coming months, and all that was found was her mountain bike and her turquoise helmet. Neither of the objects showed any signs of a struggle, and no blood was found on or near the items. In fact, investigators had not discovered Suzanne's body, blood, or any of her remains when they charged her husband, Barry Morphew, with her murder. During his explosive preliminary hearing, the prosecution revealed a mountain of evidence that had been gathered during the year-long investigation. For four days, they discussed the suspicious circumstances that surrounded Suzanne's disappearance, and they argued that all signs pointed to Barry's involvement. They laid out a shocking timeline of events to the court, and it went like this. Suzanne had never really gone on a bike ride that morning. The day before she was reported missing, Suzanne had been sunbathing outside, texting provocative pictures to Jeff Libler, the man that she was seeing on the side. The prosecution theorized that Barry had come home, realized what was happening, and then, in a fit of rage, chased Suzanne around the house. At some point during the commotion, Barry had likely shot Suzanne with a tranquilizer dart, killing her. Around this time, Barry turned his phone on airplane mode and disabled the home security cameras. It was at this point, investigators said, that Barry tried to cover his tracks by disposing of her remains. The next morning, allegedly, Barry may have taken all evidence of the murder with him into his truck on a fake work trip to Broomfield, Colorado. 
On his way there, he staged Suzanne's mountain bike and helmet on the side of a remote county road. Then, cell phone data, data from his truck, and surveillance footage shows Barry making five separate trash runs. The prosecution alleged that this is when Barry disposed of all evidence of the murder. Within this time frame, Barry had completely cleaned his house, changed the sheets on his bed, and used a Holiday Inn hotel room in some way to clean up afterwards. Now, the defense put out three separate theories that would explain Suzanne's disappearance and absolve Barry of guilt. They suggested that Suzanne may have run away with her lover. Text with Jeff Libler suggests that she was planning on leaving Barry and marrying Jeff after her girls were out of the house. Plus, Suzanne had allegedly opened a secret bank account and stolen money from Barry's safe. A second theory from the defense was that Suzanne was abducted by a stranger. Investigators had found DNA evidence in her car that linked her disappearance to three males wanted for sexual assault. Last, Barry actually suggested that Suzanne was abducted by her drug dealer. He alleged that she was a drug user and that she may have met up with someone to purchase drugs on the day she went missing. At the end of this exhausting hearing, the judge took several weeks to review his notes, and then he decided to go forward with the charges against Barry. Barry Morphew's trial was eventually set for April 28, 2022. Soon after the decision, a 130-page affidavit was released to the public, which detailed evidence discovered throughout the investigation and testimony from witnesses and statements from Barry himself. Statements from Barry absolutely shocked the public. He admitted in an interview with investigators that he had been physically abusive towards Suzanne. He mentioned that he had clipped her nose at one point during a fight. However, he claimed that Suzanne was the one who initiated the fights. Barry alleged that Suzanne would physically attack him when she felt frustrated. He said, she physically came at me several times through my life, and I took it. He claimed that he had to lie to neighbors about scratch marks on his face that were caused by Suzanne during these attacks. Testimony from Suzanne's sister, Melinda, detailed more alleged abuse from Barry. Melinda submitted screenshots of text messages with her sister that were sent just two days before her disappearance. One message from Suzanne read, He's been so abusive, emotionally and physically. I went through a period of acceptance, and I feel more angry now anger at what I've allowed. Melinda confessed that this was the first time she had heard of the abuse and that when she saw the news that Suzanne had disappeared, she knew immediately that Barry had killed her. So what do you think about Barry going into such detail about the physical altercations that they had? So not only did he admit to abusing her, he's also saying that, you know, she attacked him a lot of times too. It just seems strange that he admits all of this. Yeah, it does seem weird that he would provide all this information. And because, like, if he was trying to deny that he had any involvement, maybe he would have just lied about it like he lied to his neighbors. It almost feels like a, like a head game to him. Like, maybe he thought, okay, I'm just going to hit this head on because I have, I'll, I'll show them, like, I have nothing to hide. 
right, it very well could have been that. And you might think that there would be a lull in the publicity of this case following the trial and the release of the affidavit. After all, so much has been revealed in the preliminary hearing. What else could possibly happen between then and his trial date? Well, you will be shocked by the details that come to light in the months that follow. Let's start a few days after Judge Murphy's decision to try Barry Morphew for the murder of his wife. On September 17, 2021, Judge Murphy ruled that Barry Morphew would go to trial for the charges laid out by the prosecution. Three days later, on September 20th, Barry posted a $500,000 cash bond to secure his release. Oh, so Barry was loaded. Yeah, I mean, who has $500,000 just laying around? He could have bought a house. Now, originally, the terms of his bond were to wear an ankle monitor and stay in Chafee County. However, because of the remote location of his new home, the ankle monitor was unable to pick up a GPS signal. This was an issue because Barry lived close to witnesses on a no-contact list and his old home. Despite this, Judge Murphy decided that he could still live in his home without a constant GPS monitor, but Barry would have to drive to Polka Springs every day to download information from his ankle monitor. At the same time, District Attorney Linda Stanley argued that the court should reconsider Barry's bond agreements. She suggested that he move out of his new home, which was only a few hundred yards away from a house he was ordered to stay away from. His new home was also in the same neighborhood as a family who had requested to have no contact with Barry. In spite of this, Judge Murphy upheld his decision to let Barry stay in the home as long as he did not contact the neighboring family and continued to download his ankle monitor information. So this part is weird to me because he has so much money, like he could easily just move, right? He could sell the house, he could go to a place that's more convenient, has signal, whatever. It feels a little dirty that he doesn't. Like, it, it seems like he thinks, like, maybe he's under the radar a bit, you know? Like, he can kind of get away with more. I definitely agree. And then, in a shocking move, on October 18th, 2021, defense lawyers filed a notice with plans to sue officers from Chafee County, the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, and District Attorney Linda Stanley. Barry's defense claimed that the prosecution and the organizations involved in the investigation had unlawfully arrested their client. In the notice, they also accused the prosecution of defamation and malicious prosecution against Barry. The defense also had another bombshell claim regarding the 130-page affidavit. Remember the DNA of the sex offenders found in her car? Well, apparently, this same DNA had been found on her bike on her helmet, and in her bedsheets. According to Barry's lawyers, investigators had followed leads from the DNA to track down a man in Phoenix, Arizona. Allegedly, the prosecution had tried to talk with the suspect, but after he lawyered up, they stopped contacting him. Seriously, how could you leave that out? And also, how many cases are going on at this point? So we have, what? The murder charges, the forgery charge that we talked about, you know, the one where he submitted her presidential ballot or whatever, which is messed up. And now this, honestly, like he has some good lawyers to keep up with this stuff. They must be getting paid very well, I would say. Yeah, I'd say this is a payday for them. But yeah, leaving out the DNA information, that's a big one because like that's 
That's Pretty huge. Strong evidence, actual DNA evidence. Yeah, connecting two different crime scenes. Like, it kind of makes me think, like, did he hire these people to take her? Oh, that's and... a good point. I mean, he has money. Like, this could be, like, hitman type stuff. I mean, these were these were sex offenders. Like, they could have easily been, you know, the bad guys that you would contact. Now, the next month in November of 2021, the full case file for Barry Morphew was released, and the public had access to what exactly was going on behind the scenes during the investigation. The file revealed tensions between the prosecution and defense over transparency issues. Grievances the defense had against prosecutors included that they were not provided with the DNA evidence of the unidentified males until much later in the investigation. I feel like that's pretty important information to just not allow. I don't know. I never understand in these cases why we can't use certain evidence. Yeah. So in the case file, the defense also argued that Barry's refusal of the polygraph test should have not been made public. Other evidence, including recordings from the spy pen, were also withheld from the defense team. The case file listed over 500 witnesses that would be contacted before the trial, the list included Barry's daughters, Macy and Mallory, as well as his co-workers, employees, neighbors, and family friends. Suzanne's secret lover, Jeff Libler, also made the witness list. So with the 500 witnesses, I wonder if the sex offender was on that witness list. I'm really not sure. I don't think that they ever released his name. So we don't know. In another dig against the prosecution, on December 13th, 2021, the defense filed a motion requesting a new judge to oversee Barry's case. Here is where things get a bit messy. According to several news outlets, Barry had a girlfriend. Her name was Shoshana Dark. In surveillance footage, Shoshana had been caught trespassing on Barry's old property, picking up a package from the front porch. This was likely a package that Barry had accidentally delivered to his old address. The new homeowners saw the footage and reported it to police. Shoshana was charged with trespassing, but her case was eventually dismissed. Now, with this new development, Barry's defense team discovered that Shoshana's lawyers, who were ready to defend her against the trespassing charges, were friends with Judge Murphy. And Shoshana was also listed as one of the 500 witnesses who would testify at Barry's upcoming trial. The defense argued that having Shoshana's lawyers in the courtroom would be a conflict of interest for Judge Murphy and that he should be disqualified from overseeing the case. After a few weeks, Judge Murphy voluntarily stepped down from the Morphew case due to a conflict of interest. So, Ricky, you know what I'm thinking? Like, the witness list is so long and the town is so small. What did we say the population was? like? It was like 100 and something. Yeah. Like, how could you not know someone who would be at the trial that day? You would know everybody. You it's would kind know of, everyone. And you'd probably be related to half of them. Honestly, it would be like if something happened in our town. It's, what, 5,000 people? But we would know exactly who it is. And if we didn't, we know someone who knows. Now, before we get into the next bombshell in this case, let's review. Wait, there's more? Yeah. So, so much has happened in the three months that followed Judge Murphy's decision to try Barry Morphew for the murder of his wife. 
Barry was released on a $500,000 cash bail. The DA attempted to strengthen the terms of his bail agreement to no avail. The defense sued the prosecution. Judge Murphy had stepped down as the presiding judge, and it was discovered that Barry had a girlfriend. Now, about one month after Judge Murphy stepped down, even more evidence was revealed from the murder investigation. In late January of 2022, a Colorado judge released almost 200 pages of photos and screenshots used during Barry Morphew's preliminary hearing. GPS coordinates, text messages, photos of alleged defense wounds on Barry's arms and hands, and an image of the famed spy pen all appeared in this massive document. Text messages between Suzanne and her friend Sheila released in the case file revealed a troubled marriage afflicted with lies, manipulation, and physical abuse. Now, I'm going to share some of the unsettling text messages between Suzanne and Sheila. Hey all, we're taking a quick moment here to tell you about my all-time favorite way to get into a relaxed mood. It's Dipsy. You may have heard about them, but just take a moment to picture yourself hanging out in your favorite spot, headphones on, and the world around you fades away. If your 2023 year has been full of stress, you totally deserve a moment or two with Dipsy. When listening to Dipsy's stories, I become immersed in a vivid world, and it's pretty amazing to be honest. Every touch, every breath, every stolen glance is felt with breathtaking intensity. And just a warning, it may get a bit steamy. It's pretty much your romantic novel, but Dipsy style. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. You can discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. Radically inclusive, Dipsy has stories for everyone, including straight and queer listeners. And 56% of stories are voice acted by people of color. You can now listen to spicy audios by your favorite TikTok creators. They're attentive to your every need, prioritize your pleasure, and have voices that will make you melt. I'm still waiting for them to ask me. Oh, Bricky. Now, new content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Now, don't worry, their stories aren't all hot and steamy. They also have soothing sleep stories, too, and wellness sessions. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax, unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. Gross. Now, for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash crime salad. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash crime salad. Dipseastories.com slash crime salad. Since September of 2019, Suzanne had been thinking about leaving her marriage. As the evidence in the preliminary hearing revealed, Suzanne planned on leaving Barry after her youngest, Macy, was out of the house. Here is her conversation with Sheila about the topic who encouraged her to leave. On September 2nd, 2019, Sheila wrote to Suzanne, You were at your end before you moved and gave him another chance to start fresh. I don't think he'll change. The older he gets, I think it will get worse. The instability. I would press forward, thinking about a job you would enjoy and how you can live a happy and healthy life. 
make some what-if plans. And Suzanne replied, Once Macy's gone, I won't be able to do it, which references her marriage with Barry. She continues, I won't feel safe. I've tried to hold on for Macy, but even she's weary of it and asking why we don't separate. Then Sheila responded, It may take some time to plan. I don't think it will be an easy road with him, but once you are through it, I feel it will be so much better. Suzanne replied, I sort of wish he would just get fed up with me and leave. The release of Suzanne and Sheila's complete conversation seemed to make the defense's case a lot stronger. Suzanne was obviously making plans to leave the year prior, and the married couple was experiencing relationship problems well before their move to Colorado. Sheila even outlined how Suzanne should begin planning her departure. However, the next string of text portrays Barry as unstable and manipulative. The next day on September 3rd, 2019, Suzanne indicated that she told Barry she wanted to leave. She said his response was, So you want to be on your own? Want me to stop paying all of your medical bills? Suzanne continued, I told him if he got angry at all, I was filing a restraining order on him. That shocked him a bit. For years, it seemed Suzanne had threatened to leave Barry, and Barry had manipulated her to stay, controlling her financially, emotionally, and perhaps even physically. One month prior to her disappearance, Suzanne continued to relay Barry's unstable behavior with her friend Sheila. On April 2nd, 2020, Sheila texted Suzanne, How are things on the home front right now? Any changes? Suzanne replied, It changes like the wind, as usual hinting to a fight that they had the previous night, she said. Long text this morning of apology and declaration. It's sad. I feel bad. I don't want to cause him to have to do this. There's just become a point that the reality of what's never been there is sobering. I was a broken girl just looking for stability. He thinks we are great as long as he's getting what he wants. In an undated text, Sheila continues to encourage Suzanne to find a way out of the marriage. She also suggests, like, Melinda had in previous testimony that Suzanne was experiencing physical abuse. After Suzanne mentioned that her daughter, Macy, suggested that she get a restraining order against Barry, Sheila said, I do worry about your safety if things move forward. This probably references her leaving or getting a restraining order against Barry. She continued, you would have to protect yourself. I'm not sure how much money you have quick access to, but I would try to find a way to set some aside, if at all possible. The month after the case files were released, the new presiding judge, Judge Ramsey Lama, motioned not to allow the mention of domestic violence in the upcoming trial. The defense argued that there were no evidence to suggest that the abuse actually happened, and that text messages with no context were not enough to discuss the allegations of violence at the trial. I just find it so insane that they wouldn't be able to talk about Barry's history of abuse. Like, they're leaving all of this out? Yeah. I mean, it's frustrating because they're they're hacking away piece by piece. Like, eventually they're going to be silenced. Yeah, it doesn't seem right at all that they would leave that it out. It doesn't because, seem legal. Right. And there's text messages. There's witness testimony. Her friends are saying these things. Like, I feel like there's proof. Yeah. I don't know. It's just our opinion. Now, 
Now, with all of this evidence out in the open, family members began to speak out about Barry and Suzanne's relationship. Melinda Mormon, Suzanne's sister, appeared on 48 Hours in January of 2022. And in her interview, she brought up text messages she had received in the days leading up to Suzanne's disappearance. Texts that indicate Suzanne was being physically abused by Barry. Melinda said Barry was very dominant in the relationship and my sister was a very passive, gentle soul. She continued, he had a great tendency to overpower and intimidate people to get what he wanted. On the show, Melinda also explained how she felt when she heard that Barry had been arrested. She said she felt like there was no winner in this story. There are two families who are suffering deeply. She also explained that since Suzanne's disappearance, she thinks about Barry a lot and wishes he would just tell the truth about what happened between him and Suzanne. Melinda looked into the camera during the interview with 48 Hours and said, please do the right thing, Barry. Please do the right thing. It was clear Melinda believed that Barry had killed her sister and she wanted him to come forward with the truth. I can't imagine the pain her sister must feel, especially because she got those text messages about the physical abuse from Suzanne just days before her disappearance. Yeah, that would be rough. On February 21st, 2022, Barry's own cousin, Jason Morphew, published an op-ed for The Daily Beast. He recalls growing up with Barry and looking up to his older cousin. Jason even had a newspaper clipping of an article written about Barry being drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays. Jason recalls meeting Suzanne for the first time in 2012 at a family reunion. After the reunion, Barry invited Jason and his own wife to his home, which Jason described as an impressively large compound. The four arrived at the house and settled into the living room for a long chat. Then, as Jason and his wife were about to leave, Barry abruptly turned to his wife and asked, Would you share your testimony? Jason explained Suzanne's expression as that of a child ordered by her father to perform a daunting task. For those of you who don't know, a testimony is a story that is meant to show the miracles of God and promote a Christian worldview. With that, Suzanne began to explain her battle with cancer and how she was told she could not possibly have children after the treatment she was given. Then, after her remission, Suzanne unexpectedly welcomed a child. This, Suzanne explained, all stemmed from her unwavering faith in Jesus. Next, Barry asked Jason, do you believe in God? Jason replied, sometimes. Barry sat back in his chair and narrowed his eyes. Then he said, Jason's a good guy. This seemed a bit menacing, and Jason felt like Barry thought he was playing God, judging his morality. Towards the end of the article, Jason proposes a shocking theory. First, he mentioned that in an interview with the FBI, Barry admitted that if anything bad happened to Suzanne, it may have been God's punishment for her recent behavior. He also stated in an interview referencing her death that Suzanne trusted the Lord, and if one person got saved from this, she would think it was worth it. After citing these statements, Jason proposed a theory that if Barry did kill Suzanne, he probably did it because he thought she was distancing herself from God. Perhaps he murdered her as an act of retribution that he felt he was fit to carry out as the head of the household. This all, of course, is a theory from Barry's cousin, but he wasn't the only family member to speak out. It seems that everyone had theories about the circumstances surrounding Suzanne's death, and most of them put Barry at the center of the crime. 
However, the only official ruling of his guilt or innocence would be at the upcoming trial. There, Barry would be proven innocent or guilty of the murder of his wife, Suzanne Morphew. Last Days, a new podcast exploring the biggest icons in pop culture taken too soon and what led to their untimely deaths. It seemed like he was on the cusp of this sort of demise. The juxtaposition between that and the onstage persona that caught us all off guard. Conspiracy theories, shocking details, and untold heartbreak. Hosts Jason and Derek unpack the stories behind each star's demise. This was an unnecessarily ghastly presentation of gory details. It was a media blowback, used the corner, basically clout chasing. Larger than life, bigger in death. Last Days, available wherever you get your podcasts. So Jason is speculating a lot in this, but he did know Barry and the rest of the family pretty well. And we did find out that Jason was estranged from his family for not being Christian enough. Oh, really? Yeah. But at some point before the family reunion, they decided to talk to him again. So while he might be completely right about Barry, there is some history of resentment behind his theory. So this is a really, really religious family. It sounds like it. Like almost maybe into that like kind of scary religious family. We've read cases about like this sort of thing in the mm, past. Yeah. Now, following Barry Morphew's preliminary hearing in September of 2021, bombshell accusations and startling new evidence seemed to surface each week. Now it was March 2022 and Barry's trial was just one month away. With the defense taking every chance they could to weaken the prosecution's case, it didn't really come as a surprise when Barry's attorney filed a motion to throw out the murder charges completely. They argued that throwing out the case would be the only just remedy for their client, Barry. After everything that had come to light over the past two years, throwing out the case seemed like a shot in the dark. But still, the defense alleged several violations against their client, including that one of the lead investigators in Suzanne's disappearance stated on record that he thought arresting Barry Morphew during the summer of 2021 was the worst decision that could be made. Lead investigator Joseph Cahill also stated that the case was not remotely ready to go forward. The prosecution made a statement in response to the defense's request, stating that their argument was utter nonsense. And accusing the DA, FBI, CBI, and Chafee County Sheriff's Office of some grand conspiracy was ridiculous. Predictably, the presiding judge, Judge Ramsey Lama, declined to dismiss the case against Barry. The case would go forward and the trial would begin on April 28th, the next month. Now, it was time for the prosecution in defense to prepare for the trial of the decade. Well, that was until the prosecution filed a motion to dismiss the case. Yes, Ricky and listeners, you heard me right. After a year of investigation and a year of battling an unyielding defense, it was the prosecution who would ultimately decide the case would not go to trial. Wait, are you serious? Like, that's it? Like, they're not going to trial? Yeah. After all of that, they that's what they decided. Oh, my God. On April 19th, just nine days before the trial was set to begin, District Attorney Linda Stanley motioned to dismiss the case against Barry Morphew. Here was the reasoning behind the prosecution's decision to dismiss their own case. In the motion, the prosecution explained that they had intended to find Suzanne's body before the beginning of the trial, 
but that weather had complicated the efforts. The investigation led them to a remote, mountainous region by the Morphew's former residence. Due to the amount of snow that the area had accumulated over the winter, the search could not be completed. And before you think that the investigators whimmed out because of a little weather, the area had accumulated five feet of snow concealing the location where investigators believe Suzanne's body is located. Dang. Yeah, five feet. I mean, I'm like 5'3". Without Suzanne's remains, the prosecution felt that the case was not strong enough to go forward, and they didn't want to risk losing the trial and the chance to see Barry behind bars. On April 19th, the same day that the motion was filed, Judge Lama agreed to dismiss the case without prejudice. This means that Barry Morphew could be tried again for the murder of his wife. Okay, so after all of that, do you feel like this was the right thing to do? Like this was the right decision? It's frustrating, but at the same time, yes, because there's not enough evidence. There's no body. There's DNA evidence with sexual predators. I mean, Mm. we don't have that information. Like, we don't have their names. We don't... Like, there's more to the story. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I hope that they find a body or more evidence to give Suzanne and her family the justice that they deserve. Right. I mean, I think we need to do this right. Like, we need the body. You know, we need to prosecute Barry or whoever is involved. I feel like it is, like we said earlier, like a hitman situation. It could be. Where he, like, hired these people or maybe staged it to look like it was these sexual predators. Something. Something's there. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it caught me off guard because we normally don't have cases like this. Like, normally you don't, you know, weeks before or whatever of the trial... Like, you don't just drop the prosecution. Right. But like I, like we said, there's a lot more to this story than they may even be saying. They still might be looking into it. Right. Now, the next month, Barry Morphew and his daughters appeared on Good Morning America in a very emotional interview. Barry sat between his daughters, Macy and Mallory, while the girls held hands. Mallory spoke about the overwhelming relief that they felt after the charges against their father were dropped and said that they would take this time to heal. She said, we just know our dad better than anyone else, and we know that he was not involved in our mom's disappearance. Macy was more direct in the interview, asking DA Linda Stanley to step up to the plate and do everything she can to find their mom. Macy continued that what the DA had done so far is not fair and that the family would never stop looking for Suzanne. And Barry was silent for most of the interview. But when he did speak up, his voice broke as he said, I just love my girls and I love my wife and I just want her to be found. Mm, This is so sad. I mean, you have these daughters that that love their father. You know, they want to believe that none of this is true. It's it's hard. It's really hard. I'm also thinking like Suzanne's friends were saying how manipulative Barry could be. So I'm kind of worried about that, too. It's, yeah, that's really, really hard. Hopefully they're right. And, and you know, he's he's innocent, but uh, it's just sad. Yeah. Now, in a recent development on May 2nd, 2023, Barry Morphew's attorney filed a lawsuit against the former prosecution This included Chafee County, the Chafee County Sheriff's Office, the District Attorney's Office, 
and individual agents with the Colorado Bureau of Investigations and the FBI. Barry is seeking $15 million for damages for being wrongfully arrested, jailed, and prosecuted for a crime he did not commit. This is the part that gets me. $15 million for damages? It just seems like a smack in the face. Yeah, and I mean... We always think that the the husband is the suspect. Like he, They're always the number one suspect in any case. I mean, look at the text messages. Look at the situation. She was talking to someone else. Like, there's reasons behind why he was a suspect. Well, I mean, he could have just taken, like, the stance of, I want to find my wife. I want to figure out what happened. You know, I want myself and my family to move forward from this. But instead, he's like, I'm going to sue you for defamation. Since the filing, Barry appeared with his daughters on Good Morning America a second time to speak out against the former prosecution. Barry stated in the interview, which was aired on May 15, 2023, it's very hurtful to lose your reputation and integrity. When asked what he thought about investigators still thinking that he was guilty of the murder of his wife, Barry said they're wrong. They've got tunnel vision. They looked at one person and they've got too much pride to say they're wrong and look somewhere else. Again, Barry mentioned his theory that Suzanne was making bad decisions, referencing her alleged drug use. Barry's lawyers also appeared on the show in a separate interview. They claimed that they don't believe $15 million is enough to cover the damage that the family has encountered because of the wrongful arrest and prosecution of their client. After the interview on Good Morning America aired, an old family friend of the Morphews spoke out. Tisha Lee Wayne, a woman who worked at a local tanning salon where the Morphews were regulars, said about the lawsuit, I think it's pretty bogus. Tisha continued, right now, he's still a suspect. I think it's been kind of a messed up case from day one, but your wife is still missing and you're suing for money. That's right on the money. Exactly. $15 million and your wife is still missing. You're not concerned for your wife at all? Gotta get that money. What's he want to do with that money anyway? Like, Make more money. Make more money. (laughs) Invest. In June of 2023, the DA's office said in a statement that they were close to finding Suzanne's body and that its location is more than just a hunch. The office claimed that her body is in a very difficult spot and that law enforcement is still actively looking for Suzanne. This kind of gives me like cold vibes. Like, so... For instance, he made that comment in that case that, you know, he would hide her body in a place they would never find. Like, it's a mountainous area. Wasn't like, her name Suzanne, too? The yeah, victim I the think story? it was. It was Suzanne. That's yeah. crazy. But but honestly, yeah, it could be in, like, a terrain that is hard to search or get to or, or something like that. Yeah, it, it definitely seems similar. Now, unfortunately, they said that gathering enough evidence to prove Suzanne was murdered and incriminate Barry could take years. We are going to continue to look for her body, the district attorney said. We are simply trying to get this case prosecutable, whether that is against the defendant or against somebody else. Right. I like that statement. This is definitely a case that will continue to make headlines for years to come, and we hope to have some updates in the future. We might even release another full-length episode if Barry does eventually go to trial. Now, lessons learned from this case? Well, the prosecution needs to provide more solid evidence against Barry or another suspect before going to trial again. 
holes in the investigation led to a train wreck that derailed their entire case against Barry. In the aftermath, the prosecution lost credibility on both sides of the investigation. Hopefully, they can gather enough evidence in the coming years to provide some closure for Suzanne and her family. The final takeaway? That picture-perfect couple might not have a fairy tale family after all. Also, never trust a guy with a spray tan. Words to live by. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. 